Welcome to Empyrean Podcast, a podcast where we delve into kingdom mysteries and you are initiated into kingdom realities. This podcast is designed to inspire you to have a closer relationship with God and to pursue intimacy with the Father with your whole heart. If you're blessed by this podcast, make sure you visit my website, www.darnellcraig.com, where all products are under $100. I hope this podcast episode blesses you. Hope it changes your life forevermore. Emotional healing. Let's talk about some. Let's, let's go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 30. Jeremiah 30. We're going to talk about emotional healing. And I want to try to name that tune in a certain amount of time. Hopefully, I didn't do my whole Bible study tomorrow or today. I'm just I know. I doubt it. Um, let's talk about something. So we're going to go to a couple places. First, we're going to go to um, let's go to let's do something. Let's go to first. Um, let's go to the book of first John, no third John, third John and read verse two. It says, beloved, I wish above all things that I may as prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. It says, beloved, I wish above all things that I may as prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. So one of the things we realized this, and I don't know if you guys remember, how many of you guys remember soulology? We went through the whole series, soulology, soulology, the theology of the soul. One of the things we understand about the soul is that it's God's will that your soul prosper. So prosperity of the soul, first of all, prosperity starts within, right? Any prosperity that is gained without, that you cannot sustain within, you're going to lose, Right? There are people, if all the wealth of the world was split up, where every single person on earth got $5 million, saying there are people that by tomorrow, this time, will be broke again. Why? Because they're not prospering in their soul. He says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. Listen, there are practices disciplines and uh, regimens that you can apply, walk in, or discipline yourself to follow that will cause your soul to thrive, right? Many of our souls are not prospering. One of the ways I can tell that my soul is not prospering at the level it's supposed to prosper is because of worry. Worry is a depletion of your soul. It depletes you. Worry is a waste of spiritual energy. You are wasting energy that could be used productively. And lately, I feel like I've been worrying out of nowhere or anxious. Anxiety is a soul depletion, right? When the Bible says, restore my soul, there are times, saints, where your soul has to be restored. Do you know there are times where through calamity, trial, tragedy, difficulty, hardship, adversity, areas of your soul could be hijacked? Areas of your soul could be lost? You know, the Bible says, what profit a man if he gained the world and lose his soul? It is possible to lose your soul and still be alive, right? You can lose your soul and still be alive. So what we want to do is we want to be able to guard our soul. We want to be able to care for our soul. We want to be able to nurture our soul, but the highest thing for the soul is soul maturity, right? There's one thing I learned in, in, in um, just in education. I learned that the churches that are the most spiritual are the most broke. And I learned that the churches that are the least spiritual are the most wealthy. Why is that so? Because the people who are spiritual talk about nothing that deals with the soul, and the people who are solical are not focusing on things of the spirit, right? But I believe there is an amalgamation that can happen where you can be spiritual and have a healthy, mature soul. Because the soul is neglected in our pseudo-spirituality. Listen, you're not spiritual with an anemic soul. You're not spiritual if your soul is not thriving. God gave you a soul because your soul is the apparatus through which things manifest in your life. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about something. You're praying in tongues. When we were praying in tongues, I have visions, right? And sometimes I have visions, but I have a specific vision praying in tongues. 
There are times where I pray in tongues and I begin to have these, these experiences where I remember teachings from a long time ago. And one of the things I learned about praying in tongues is that praying in tongues opens up your mind to receive ideas that you cannot receive normally. So whenever I pray in tongues, it's like, if you look at a, an example, my satellite is expanding and my satellite is reaching out for frequencies that I'm not aware of. And then I begin to tap into these frequencies and I become aware of things I didn't know. So whenever I pray in tongues, I'm opening my mind to receive creativity, innovation and ideas that I never knew. Right. So I was talking with uh, Ashley, Ms. Sheila, I was talking with Sheila today and I began to realize in my spirit how many business ideas I have. There are so many business ideas in my spirit. We talked about the thing with Turo. We talked about the thing with Airbnb. We talked about um, a dealer's license, have my own car. Like all these things are in my spirit. But what hinders things in my spirit from coming to pass? My soul, right? Your soul can be your greatest friend or your greatest enemy. Because what do we find out? They say the enemy is the inner me. So, for example, I've been spending um, this short amount of time somewhat distracted. Not only somewhat distracted, somewhat worrisome. Not only somewhat worrisome, somewhat stressed. Not only somewhat stressed, somewhat anxious. And it took me pressing in yesterday, like my soul dependent on it, to break through. And I feel God's glory just emanating and radiating through me because of the, the sacrifice I gave yesterday in prayer, right? But I could have been doing that the whole time, but I was wasting so much energy, worried, wasting so much energy, anxious. What is Darnell Angels about? That when you have a huge event coming up like this, when you're new in a region and don't know a lot of people, that, that can be a stressful thing if you let it be. When you're paying out of pocket for everything, that can be a stressful thing if you let it be. When, when you don't know who's coming, who to expect, that can be a stressful thing if you let it be. When you've flown someone in from out the city, Nate, and put them in a hotel doing all this stuff, and it's a small event, that can be a stressful thing. Like when there, there, are, there are things if you don't guard yourself, if you don't protect yourself, if you don't nurture yourself, if you don't defend yourself, your soul will be depleted. But what is God's will? Saints? God's will is that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Think about this. We're praying in tongues. Because one of the things we learned a long time ago is this. One thing that's very interesting about that, I, I didn't know this about the cult. But what I found out is that most Messianic temples are perpendicular to churches. Because what occult individuals do is they know how to harvest spiritual energy, right? Because one of the things that we don't know about Christianity is that it is the, when I say this, I haven't lost my mind, so I'm, I'm just not trapped to a certain language. It is the, the outpouring of Christian worship, Christian spirituality, Christian spirituality, and Christian religious practices that have caused technological advancement. Ever since the outpouring of the Spirit of God in, on Azusa Street, in that one century, we got all our technological revolutions and breakthrough. So it tells us that when, when, spirituality, when spirituality is manifest, it changes regions and it changes nations. Now, what happens is there are things that God, no, no, let's get into that. Let me, let me finish. So what happens is Masons will be perpendicular to a church. Because, for example, I can have Chandler Moore, Tasha Cobbs, Hillsong, Elevation, um, Maverick City, all those people there for a huge worship event, six-hour worship event, right? And we just, we just, um, just were so happy, so elated. Or like my brother Ugo, we can have a ten-hour prayer, twelve hours of prayer. Go there. A thousand people attend by chance. And we go and pray in tongues for 12, 10 hours. And we, we're excited. And the greatest how we get is that we just we just did a practice, right? But what the Masons would do, the Masons will sense a spiritual energy shift and they will harness the energy 
for innovation and creativity. And while we just released all these things to the atmosphere that brought transformation, they're the ones that innovate and create things that change society and change the world. But what God wants to do is God wants to elevate us and update us where we're able to know how to harvest what we've released. Because one of the things I learned about tongues is that, listen, listen, anytime you pray in tongues, matter of fact, unmute yourself. Everybody unmute yourself. Talk to me. Say, Just say Darnell. Say my name. Let's talk about this. Say Darnell. 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 I want you guys to pray in tongues. We're going to pray in tongues 30 seconds. Let's do it. Let's pray in tongues. 30 seconds. Everyone who can, let's pray. and watch this so when you just prayed in tongues what you did was first of all you're tapping into god's mind so anytime you pray in tongues you're tapping into god's mind so you're discovering what is on god's mind for you also, what I began to realize is that, remember, we talked about how to interpret your tongues. Remember, one of the things you found out about praying in tongues is praying in tongues is one of the ways you get specific answers. Because anytime you pray in tongues, you're praying about something specifically. And if you interpret your tongues, you'll receive the answers of what you're praying about, right? Always be aware of that. So you have to begin to step out after you pray in tongues and believe God to receive the interpretation so you can interpret that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. That's just a key. Now, one of the things you need to be aware of when we talk about this is um, when you pray in tongues, what you're doing is you, it's like a hack. So one of the things that exists in every environment is what we call a matrix, right? A matrix. Anytime you pray in tongues, what you're doing is you're rewriting the matrix of the atmosphere, but also you're creating an atmosphere conducive for the manifestation of God, Right. Now, there are people that pray in tongues to such a degree that there are people that pray in tongues and they end up having heavenly experiences because when they pray in tongues, they create a chariot and this chariot is a trans, a transportive, a, a trans, uh, transportation device that takes them into the heavenly realm. So tongues are so much deeper than we think. But what the Masons do is they harness the energy that we release into the atmosphere through prayer and worship. And what they do is they, they, um, they, they, we just release ideas, codes, we release hacks, we release strategy, we release create, create, creativity, we release innovation. And it's, it's felt in the region, right? But because we never learn to harness it, because we never learn to be open to it, and because our soul is immature, we don't manifest what God has given us. So for example, I have an idea for a car lot, but if my soul is not prospering, my soul will not be mature enough to manifest what God has put in my spirit. In my spirit is a university. I remember when we were in New York, when I was up there with Chasden and Ugo and Jordan, when um, I got the word of the Lord for Chasden, I began to prophesy to him and he prophesied back to me. And he said, I heard the Lord say university. He said, there's a university inside of you. That's the exact word God used. Now, there was a man who created a D1 university. His name was Oral Roberts. He received that university through praying in tongues. He prayed in tongues, went into a vision, was in the spirit and walked the whole thing of his university and created a D1 university through praying in the spirit. Now, praying in the spirit is so important because it bursts out what's already yours. But what I'm speaking to is the prosperity of your soul, because when your soul does not prosper, it hinders the prosperity of your life. Listen, you will never walk in the wealth God has for you being anxious. You'll never walk in the wealth God has for you being bitter. You'll never walk in the wealth God has for you being unforgiving. You'll never walk in the wealth God has for you being brokenhearted. You'll never walk in the wealth God has for you being depressed. You'll never walk in the wealth God has for you being suicidal. So what can I do to receive the restoration and the healing of my soul? So tonight we're talking about emotional healing. 
because believers don't know that God cares about your soul. And that's why you see in the world, there's such an emphasis on therapy right now, because the key word for therapy is cure or heal. The word therapy means to cure or to heal. So therapy is for the, the sick soul. But I want to make you aware of something. What therapy can do. Now, when I say it's controversial, view of therapy, say it's with grand sounds of plan. I'm, I'm going to stand on what I say. The issue is that therapy unpacks and exposes, but therapy is not the way you receive healing. God is a healer. You can't heal yourself. God is the healer. So the foundation of it all is that God is a healer. So if I'm going to, when, when, if you guys see, there are things that therapists can articulate because it is a, there are certain fields, saints, that have a language that you need. So a therapist is able to speak in a language that's relevant to my soul. So there are things happening in my soul I'm not aware of I know what's happening, but I can't articulate it. But when I listen to this therapist, this therapist is able to articulate the issues, the diseases, the, the trauma of my soul in such a powerful way. Now, what they're doing is they're shedding light on the dark recesses of my soul. So God's, I mean, the light is shown there, but now that this has been exposed and what's in the darkest came to the light, now I can present this to the Lord for the Lord to bring healing. Because what I found out in the, in the Christian community is that most believers don't know how to overcome. They just know how to cope. What I also found out is that, remember, labels are limitations. So I can use your language, but I can't let your language label me because if I let your language label me, I limit myself. So there are believers who have fallen into the abyss of therapy, which is not bad, by the way. They've fallen into the abyss of therapy. And now you have a false identity because the individual revealed what was happening in your soul. And you took that identity instead of allow God to heal you and make you whole. So for the rest of your life, you're going to be anxious, preoccupied. For the rest of your life, you're going to be fearful, um, fearful, avoidant. For the rest of your life, you're going to be dismissive, avoidant when God wants you to be whole. So God uses the language in that particular realm to expose what's happening into your soul. So you'll be self-aware. And in your self-awareness, you redirect self-awareness to divine awareness and allow God to start a process of healing you in your soul so you can experience prosperity. So many of us are not healthy, but there, listen, there are people that have forgiven and begin to prosper. There are people that stop worrying and begin to prosper. There are people that stop being anxious and begin to prosper. There are people that stop being resentful and begin to prosper. There are people that dealt with the issues of their soul and then it affected their money because your money will be lost and it will run away from you as long as you got issues in your soul because you're going to have subconscious or emotional or um subconscious, emotional, and you're going to have these knee-jerk reactions because what's happening in your inner world, right? So, so even when you, when I post some of these things on social media and I'm putting these things in the story, be aware that I'm saying this so that the light could be sh shown in the darkness, but you got to take this to God because reading the post, it ain't going to make you whole, baby. Listen, you're going to have to go before God and let God start a process of healing you. But many of us aren't even aware we have issues. So there are things I post because I want you to be aware of what's going on. We want to expose the devil, right? But you have to go before the Lord because what happens to believers is believers think that therapy supersedes the Lord. Therapy is beneficial, but the Lord is necessary. So you have to allow the benefits of therapy to take you to the Lord so the Lord can bring healing and restoration. But a therapy helps you unpack some of the areas of your soul that have been hidden in the darkness. So now it comes to the light, but the source of healing is the Lord himself. Now watch, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that what? You may prosper and be in good health. God's desire for you is that you prosper. And God's desire for you is that you be in good health. Listen to me good. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Somebody somebody say that back to me. I'm mute yourself. Say faith begins where the faith will of God is known. Faith begins where faith 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 the will of God is known. So as soon as you know that it's God's will for you to prosper and to be in good health, it means now you must exercise faith. What does that mean? Let's talk about faith. What is faith again? Faith is a decision independent of the physical senses. What does that mean? It means that faith means that irrespective of what you see, what you hear, what you can taste, what you can smell, 
what you touch, you choose to believe God. So faith has nothing to do with the senses. If I, if I have a check right here and my check says 1.5 million, it takes no faith. Why? Because I can see it. I can touch it. I can smell it. I can taste it. You know, I can hear it, right? But faith is to trust and believe in a spiritual fact that has precedence over natural facts, right? Now, one of, one of the ways we get weak in faith is because we don't feed our faith, right? Any area of your life that you're not thriving, you're not growing, you're not prospering, you need to hear God's will for your life in that area. So what I'm telling you tonight is God's will that you prosper. It's God's will that you be in good health. So you should never wonder, does God want me sick? You should never wonder, am I sick because I had sex? No. You should never wonder, am I sick because me and mommy's get into it? No. Am I sick because I failed in this last marriage? No. Am I not prospering because I, God is punishing me? No. It is God's will that you prosper and be in good health. So anything that is, anything that is um, antagonistic to health and prosperity, you must resist with all your might because it does not come from God. It is God's will that you prosper and be in good health. Now, how do I experience prosperity and good health? The number one way, the first step is to believe God. You must be fully persuaded because listen, the reason that we don't experience things, saints, is because we don't have a persuasion. It means that we mental assent, but then when circumstances present, present themselves that are different than what we say we believe, we're not persuaded enough to stand. Because listen, let me talk about understanding. Understanding means that you can stand confidently under trial. You don't have understanding if you give up when times get hard. You don't have understanding if you quit when the going gets tough. People with understanding, they dig deeper because they understand what's going on. So understanding is confidence in the face of trial because you have access to spiritual understanding and spiritual secrets that give you an advantage. So we talk about understanding. What begins to happen, saints, is the devil tries to discourage you or dissuade you. But the Bible says that Abraham was fully persuaded. There are things about God you got to become fully persuaded in, but you become fully persuaded by hearing the word. You become fully persuaded by hearing the truth. You become so fully persuaded through this. Listen, this is why God's word is so important. Why the Bible says receive with meekness the implanted word, which is what? Which is able to save your soul. Listening to God's word saves your soul. This is why when I'm not live, I'm listening to God's word because there are areas of my soul that need salvation. There are areas of my soul that need rescue. There are areas of my soul that need deliverance. There are areas of my soul that need liberation. Liberation. And when I'm sitting under the word in that atmosphere, there are areas of my soul I'm being free from by hearing the truth. And now that I know the truth, it has made me free. So what happens with us is we don't spend time in the word. The Bible says, hide his word in your heart that you might not sin against him. Listen, sin is not always an act. Sin is a place. Sometimes you're in sin because you're living less than God's best. Sometimes you're in sin because you're not believing God for anything. Sometimes you're in sin because you settle. Sometimes you're in sin because you're missing God's will for your life. So you have to hear God's word proclaimed that will cause you to reach out and believe. That will cause you to lay hold of what's yours. That will cause you to enter fully into what God is trying to take you. So we have to hear a word that challenges us. We have to hear a word that confronts us. We have to hear a word that rebukes us. We got to hear a word that um, that um, corrects us. We got to hear a word that warns us. We got to hear a word that inspires us, that stirs us, that builds us up. When you hear these kind of things some is happening to your soul you don't even understand when you're hearing things like this there's like there's like a spiritual surgery that is happening where the hand of god is walking in the midst of us and removing things from you that are not like god where the hand of god is walking amidst us and that god's power is readily available when you hear god's word because i'm telling you this is why no no this is how your soul begins to prosper he said beloved i pray that you prosper and be in good health what even as your soul prosper, listen, you will never prosper above the condition of your soul. Any prosperity that is above the condition of your soul will be like, will be fleeting. And your riches will make themselves like eagle wings and they'll fly off, right? Let's talk about something. So 
We're laying the groundwork. I won't be before you long. We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 30. Because there's something. Um, well, we'll I, I'll go and touch it. I didn't want to touch it because I was going to do a whole Bible study on it. Woo, let's do something. Luke 4, verse 17. Um, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, listen, I want to say something very controversial. So, um, like I said, I'm not going to lie. Whatever I say, I'll stand on it, though, because that's just how I am. But it says, and when he opened the book, he found a place where it was written. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, listen, this is a preview of ministry training. Somebody say ministry training one, 101. I need I need to hear you guys. Just, when ministry I say just, let's go. Ministry training 101. Let's go. Ministry training 101. Ministry training 101. Ministry training 101. Now watch this. It says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Any ministry without the anointing is illegitimate. In order to fulfill a ministry, it takes the spirit of the Lord, right? The spirit of the Lord has to be upon you. In other words, um, whoever God calls, he anoints. The reason I can teach or preach the way I do is because I'm anointed to do it. If I try to do this without the anointing, it's ineffective. I have witnessed with my eyes people doing tasks with no anointing. And it is um, horrific to observe. And it's very uncomfortable to be around. Because whatever God has called you to do, he anoints you to do. What does that mean? It means that there is a supernatural equipment to get the job done. The reason I can prophesy, because God has empowered me to. The reason I can teach, because God has empowered me to. The reason I can preach, because God has empowered me to. The reason you can prosper, because God has empowered you to. The reason you'll be healed, because God has empowered you to. The reason you will heal, because God has empowered you like. Whatever God calls you to do, he gives you the power to do it. Now watch this. It says he's anointed me to preach the gospels of the poor. Now watch this. This is very important because all ministry, there is no ministry. This is the manif This is a ministry manifesto. What does that mean? It means that if your ministry does not include these tenets, your ministry is invalid. No matter who you are, no matter how long you've done it. So what's tenet one? Preaching the gospel to the board. Well, hallmark of ministry is what? When you're in ministry, you're going to preach an empowering message to people that are poor. You're going to preach good news to them. In other words, your words shift people's position in life. I never forget, Billy Graham went to Australia and preached a message. And what he preached, in the midst, he preached the gospel. In the middle of preaching, he said that when you have faith in Jesus, it puts every man on the same level. Every man, no matter who you are. And there was a guy in the crowd, 28 years old, illiterate, a bricklayer. He heard that word, saints. He gave his life to the Lord. This man went through a long process of teaching himself how to read. He got the dictionary and didn't know it at first, but ended up learning every single word in the dictionary. And then he began to read the biographies of every successful man and woman he could think of. And he realized they all had a trait in common called perseverance. This guy, Peter J. Daniels, ended up becoming the richest man in the world. This man has a, a gold bullion bank. He, they, they have their own money. Like right now, imagine if I wanted to pay you, Sherelle, and I gave you a gold sheet with my face on it and say, take this to the bank. That's how they pay people. Gold. They own gold. This man is so rich that presidents of nations at that time, it was years ago, he, he made 15, he made a million dollars for a 15 minute call. This man comes to your church, no underwear, no nothing, and, and will preach to you how I, every Christian needs to go into business and job means just over broke. And he was empowering Christians to go into business. And he's a millionaire. His son's a millionaire. His grandson's a millionaire, right? He, they're like that. But guess what? The gospel was preached to him. You never know what a man or woman can become when they hear the gospel. I became a new person when I heard the gospel. I was on the streets, giving up on, nobody believed in me, in DHR, temporary custody, um, uh, abandonment case for me and my mom, hard times. 
when I had an encounter with God and I came into the knowledge of the gospel, my experience with God shifted my position in life. And I had value all of a sudden. I had encounters all of a sudden. And now where I stand now, God has brought full reconciliation. There's no relationship that was damaged that's still damaged now. My relationship with my father's restored. My relationship with my mother's restored. My relationship with my sister's restored. My relationship with my old pastor's restored. Um, all those relationships are restored and healthy, right? Or if they're not healthy, when I say healthy, um, not, there's no odds, no bitterness, no resentment. Um, but there's an open door for communication if necessary. But there are relationships that were estranged that are thriving now, especially me and my mom. We're so close. It's crazy, right? But that's the, that's the effect of the gospel. You don't have to stay in that state. Watch this. So if your ministry does not shift people, and we're not, listen, I'm not telling you to judge where you are now. We're talking about future prospects. But if you've been in something for a long time and this is not the effect, you need to get back to the drawing board. Watch this. Also, they say he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. If you have a legitimate ministry, there's no way brokenhearted people could go unhealed. Because one thing people forgot about Jesus, Jesus cares about people with broken hearts. And there are things I've experienced so I can know what it feels like. What I went through, going through a divorce, there's no way I can't care about a broken heart. But there are things I want to speak to that will help heal the brokenhearted, right? Because he sent me to do what? Heal the brokenhearted. That means your ministry, whatever God's called you to do, people will be wounded in heart. But you're a life-giving spirit that brings healing. Watch this. To preach deliverance to the captives, you cannot have legit ministry and people stay in captivity when you minister. That means whatever God has called you to do will set people free that are in captivity. Watch this. Recovery of sight to the blind. If you're connected with a real ministry, it means that you are blind to who you were, but that ministry gives you new vision, new sight. You rediscover who you are and where God wants to take you. Also, to set at liberty those who are bruised. Sometimes we're bruised, we're battered, and we're hurt by life, but a real ministry sets you free from that bruising. And then what else? To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the year of Jubilee. This means that all sins are forgiven, all debts are canceled, and this is a year of extravagant favor with God. So you're preaching to people that have favor with God. You're preaching to people that God's forgiven them. You're preaching to people that God redeems them. You're preaching to people that God will uh, 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 work things out for the good. You're preaching to people that God will uh, release favor, all these things. That's real ministry. Now, the key one to focus on tonight is that Jesus came to do what? To heal the brokenhearted. Saints, listen, if you have a broken heart, Jesus is the healer. I don't know if you guys see me prophesy this. I used to always prophesy. I would have so many visions about the hand of Jesus on people's heart. But I knew that meant that he wanted to heal their heart, right? And I don't know if anyone received healing of a heart through this ministry so far. Because I remember I used, to, I, used to, I used to always prophesy that when I was younger. I used to always do that. And I need to open my heart back up to it to make sure I'm discerning people with broken hearts. Because that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. If your heart is broken, Jesus wants to heal you because your broken heart will affect your prosperity. And I'm just, I'm not talking about your soul prosperity, which will affect your financial prosperity. Some of us are not prospering because we're soul sick. Some, I mean, you have a business, you're losing everything. You have money bags with holes in them. Why? Because your soul is sick. Your soul is not fat. Your soul is not whole. Your soul is not healed. Why? Because you're not listening to a transforming word that is bringing healing to your soul, right? Sometimes you have to, sometimes there, there are words that, there's a word I'm going through now that I, I, I went all the way back to a word I used to listen to when I first started in ministry, this whole conference called Accelerate. Now I'm on this other conference called Multiply. I'm trying to finish that. I think I, I finished like part eight last night. I may listen to that again. I'm going to try to hit some this night, tonight, and see how far I can go. I want to finish that by the week. So I'm listening to things that this multiplication conference is how God wants to multiply you and make you a thousand times more than you already are in life and ministry. If you hear that kind of word, that's going to inspire you. Accelerate how you can't get anything done without supernatural help. When you hear that kind of word, it does something to you. But there can be areas in your soul that don't believe in supernatural help. I'll never forget when I first heard that word, I got $10,000 a week later after hearing that word because I started believing that, listen, I can't do none of this without God helping me. But somewhere along the way, that was lost. Why? Because we become forgetful hearers. Just because you knew something a year ago don't mean you're walking in it now. 
There are things I knew when I was young, I forgot about. And I have to remind myself and hear that word again, that teaching, that lesson, that revelation, so I can walk in it again. Sometimes you have to remind yourself, right? You got to remind yourself. Just because you heard a word on prosperity, that don't mean you still remember that. You got to go back and listen. If you're not prospering, you need to be hearing God's word, my best friend. You need to be hearing God's word on prosperity so you can walk in it. You're not prospering now? Go back and listen to it. Why? So it can save your soul. So it can deal with your limiting beliefs. So it can deal with your preconceived notions. So it can deal with your fear. So it can deal with your, uh, your unbelief, your doubt, your worry, your anxiety. Whatever is working in your soul, God's word is a healing agent. Watch this. I'm going to show you something. We're going a little bit longer. Go to Jeremiah chapter 30. Let's talk about a promise from God. Now, I listen, listen. When I say this, saints, I'm not trying to give you a 12-step program to receive healing. That's, that's not how this works. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you seven ways to receive healing. I'm going to tell you one way. His name is Jesus. It says he's the way, the truth, and the life. It's one way. It's not seven ways, seven ways to the nine steps, to the 13 principles. No, one way. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the way to receive healing. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, he will be healed or delivered. When I was at my lowest after that divorce, all I would say, my favorite verse at that time, um, the favorite verse to use, I would always say, heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. And I would say, save me, Lord, and I'll be saved. And there'll be times I would say that prayer with tears in my eyes. I would say, just heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, Lord, and I'll be saved. And I would keep putting my hope in God because I knew if I hoped in God, he was going to heal me. And I knew if I contended for wholeness, he would heal me. And a lot of you guys can tell, I don't look like nothing I've been through. But I knew that if he healed me, I'll be healed. And if he saved me, I'll be saved. The issue is you want a person to heal you and you won't be healed. You want a person to save you and you won't be saved. And in school, we teach you how to engage God directly. You have to learn how to go before God, because remember, the principle of faith is that God is my source. Remember, the principle of faith is that God is the unfailing, unlimited source of my supply. If I have any other options, any other source, I don't live by faith because genuine faith relies on God. Genuine faith will die on the mountain of trusting and believing God. Genuine faith will be just like what Nebuchadnezzar said. He's, I mean, what Shara Meshach and Bidol said, and Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, O king, we will not bow before your image this day. Says, As a matter of fact, O king, it's our God. He's well able to deliver us. And he said, um, if he don't deliver us, we still won't bow. <laughs> and they trust the God. Sometimes you got to trust that God wants to heal you. So what I'm making you aware of is that Jesus came to heal your broken heart. When you talk about, that's why a pastor is so important. Now, people, I know sometimes people think I just, you know, I'm just, he's unaccountable. He's, forget it. I, I have people I talk to every week that I'm open about everything happening in my soul, not just friends. I talk about the issues of my soul. I talk about what's happening. Why? Because pastors help bring healing to your soul. Sometimes your precepts, when I say precepts, I, I keep saying this, your perception is flawed because of the, the enemies of your soul. Or let's say this, let's say a better word, because of the passengers in your soul. There are passengers in your soul that need to be evicted. It's called deliverance. And sometimes deliverance is not just casting out demons. One of the things Prophet Medina taught me, you guys know Prophet Medina, I always talk about him, my mentor, 75-year-old prophet, been in Deliver's ministry for 50 years, where he told me, uh, oh yeah, by the way, when I went to Alabama, I went through deliverance. So thank God. I went through a deliverance for everything that's, that's happened, um, and it was, it was worth it. And I can feel God's fire in my chest. And I feel like as soon as I went through deliverance, I started going through a lot of mental warfare, where I didn't want to have this event, wanted to cancel it, wanted to do it, whatever. I had all this, these crazy thoughts in my mind. So I'm aware. I had to, I had to remind myself today, I know you just went through deliverance. You need to guard yourself. So I'm going to be more sober, be more vigilant. Because my adversary, the devil, he goes to and fro like a roaring lion with seeking whom he may devour. So I'm going to be aware. 
but I got delivered and it's in my soul. There, there was a, a chasm that got opened up and I'm doing pretty good, right? Now, one thing I want to say is this, is that um, pastors, when you look at the word, the Bible says the perfecting of the saints, they say that word perfect is a picture of, of a, a breaking of a bone. So anybody know that if you break a bone, a broken bone always comes back stronger, right? So pastors deal with the issues that will cause you to be resilient, overcome, and thrive in your soul. So the sign of a pastor is that they shepherd your soul. That means pastors disseminate revelation that deal with your mind, your will, your emotions. And if you sit under a legitimate pastor, your soul will become healthy, right? Now, listen, a healthy soul does not come without rebuke. There are going to be times you're going to get rebuke. And rebuke does not mean I raise my voice, but it means I may be sharp. There may be times you're going to get confronted. Times you're going to be corrected. Times you're going to be warned. Times you're going to be comforted. Times you're going to be encouraged. Times you're going to be loved. But it's for the, the prosperity of your soul. Now watch this. We're going to go to um, Jeremiah chapter 30. We're going to read something. Laying the groundwork. Jeremiah chapter 30. And I'll go to verse 11. We'll start verse 10. It says, and do not fear Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord. And do not be dismayed, Israel, for behold, I'm going to save you from far away. And your descendants from the land of their captivity and Jacob will return and be at peace without anxiety. And no one will make him afraid. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to save you. For I will completely destroy all the nations where I have scattered you. Only I will not destroy you completely, but I will discipline you fairly. And will by no means leave you unpunished. Verse 12. This is what the Lord says. Your broken limb is irreparable. And your wound is incurable. There is no one to please your case. No healing for your sore. No recovery for you. All your lovers have forgotten you. They do not seek you. For I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy. With the punishment of a cruel one. Because your wrongdoing is great. And your sins are numerous. Why do you cry out over your injury? Your pain is incurable because your wrongdoing is great and all your sins are numerous have done these things to you. Therefore, all who devour you will be devoured and all your adversaries, every one of them will go into captivity and those who plunder you will become plunder and all who plunder you, I will turn into plunder for I will restore you to health and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. Because they have called you an outcast, saying, it is Zion, no one cares for her. So one of the things we see in this passage is that some soul diseases are because of our wrongdoing, right? Some soul diseases are because of our wrongdoing, right? Let's talk about the soul for a second. Whew. If I had to describe the soul... Well, I'll say one of the best descriptions. I remember when I was young and, and Prophet Michael was prophesying to me. He was telling me how the Bible says that fleshly lust, they war against your soul. And he used the analogy. I want you to, I want you to use the analogy of, uh, trying to see an analogy I can use that would make sense. Your soul is like a door or a shield, right? And this is how God works. God works from the inside out. The devil works from the outside in. So God works in you and then he works through you. Satan works on you to get in you. So what happens is there are times where there are things that are warring against our soul because our soul is like a shell that's protecting us. But when too much pressure is put on our soul and we don't respond the right way, we open it up and now we're wide open and we're unprotected. So there are things that happen because we do wrong, not knowing that there's really a war against your soul. Me being stressed, me wanting to not do this event, me wanting to, you know, just be frustrated about a lot of stuff was that that's a war against my soul. And if I don't respond the right way, Satan will break my soul down and I'll be defenseless. And then there are certain diseases or wounds that will happen to my soul. 
But God has given us, the Bible says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. This is why I'm saying you're going to have to learn how to be a worshiper. Because what worship does is worship resets your focus. And worship sets your mind on things above and not below. You see, one thing that we saw about Job is after everything happened to Job, and we talk about, you know, I, I don't I don't think there's anyone on here who's had a worse day than Job. And I don't know if we saw a skit or a play like that, but the Bible says that as before they finished speaking, can you imagine somebody come in and say, hey, Sherelle, you know, uh, something just happened to your car. And while they're saying this, somebody said, hey, Sherelle, something just happened to your house. And so while they're saying this, somebody said, something just happened to all your businesses. Somebody said, hey, something just happened to your bank account. Something just, something just happened to your children. All these different things. And then your husband says, just curse God and die. Right? The Bible says that what Job did was he shaved his head and he worshiped. His response to tragedy, trial, and hardship was to get his mind off his life and focus on the greatness of God. One of the things that help you keep your sanity is thanksgiving and worship. I told you, the Lord said, he told me not too long ago, he said, this is the will of God that in everything you give thanks. And I heard the Lord speak to me earlier. He said this, he told me, don't grow weary and well-doing. He said, for in due season, you will reap if you faint not. But the Lord is saying that and that's supposed to provoke worship out of me. You reverence the Lord. You exalt the Lord. You honor the Lord. You praise the Lord. You thank the Lord. And what it's doing is it's causing you to come into alignment or in harmony with the frequencies of heaven and to elevate you from low frequencies, frequencies of failure, frequencies of depression, frequencies of anxiety, Frequencies of hopelessness, frequencies of despair, frequencies of frustration, frequencies of bitterness, frequencies of heartbreak. When you begin to worship the Lord, you begin to transcend what's happening to you, but you put yourself in a position to experience God directly, right? Watch what it says. So what God does, God doesn't forget about his people. And because God doesn't forget about his people, God has pledged to restore us to health and heal us of all our wounds. One of the things that if you know you have issues in your soul, which I don't think a person with breath in their body doesn't have, you want to go before the Lord and remind the Lord that he promised that he'll restore you to health and that he'll heal you of all your wounds. Listen, this is not an instant thing. This isn't a, you go before the Lord, you pray, you heal instantly, you have no problems with your life. No. This is like the peeling back of an onion. Healing is layered. Deliverance is layered. You go from faith to faith and glory to glory. If God healed you instantly of everything, you might as well drop dead because there's no purpose of you still being alive. But what God does is he takes you from faith to faith and glory to glory. It means that God systematically deals with the issues of your soul and of your heart. If you lay your heart open, naked and bare before him. See, one thing about a sacrifice that was very interesting, when the Bible said be a living sacrifice, a sacrifice, the head was cut off. I believe the middle was shaved wide open. So when you saw a sacrifice, you would see a headless carcass that was split open. And this is what this means. It means that we lay aside our own way of doing things and we'll be naked and open and vulnerable for God so God can heal us and make us whole. The difference between you and that sacrifice, if you, you have the power to put your own head back on and close yourself up, shut God out and try to heal yourself and do it your way. But there has to be a joyful vulnerability and the presence of the Lord. And the openness and transparency before the Lord, even before your loved ones, you know, Christians have a tendency to be hypocrites. And once again, a hypocrite, to be a hypocrite means you have a mask. So I'm talking to Sherelle, me and Sherelle talk, and we're talking, we have a friendship. So I'm talking to Sherelle, and I have a mask on, I'm hypocritical. But when I was talking to her, if I'm open and honest about things, that's authenticity. But many of us have such an image we have to uphold then we will never be authentic because if I be authentic with her, then I could be lightly esteemed. If I'm authentic with her, maybe she gets familiar with me and has contempt. If I'm authentic with her, maybe she doesn't honor me or value me. Well, here's the issue. 
part of the life experience is practicing vulnerability with safe people. So take off the mask, pretending like you have it all together, like you have it all figured out, like you're perfectly whole, all your ducks in a row, and open your heart to God and to people. Because newsflash, your healing also comes from people. What I mean by that? The Bible says, confess your faults one to another so you'll be healed. Sometimes you're not whole because there's no one you tell your faults to. I'm not talking about, oh man, you know, oh man, I just masturbated last night, have mercy on me. No, I'm saying there are issues I'm dealing with in my soul that I can talk to someone about. And through that communication of, of the communication of my vulnerability, I'm made whole, right? Confess your faults to one another. It says, confess your faults and pray for one another. What? So you may be healed. Sometimes your healing is in praying for other people. When you're hurting the most, that's when God wants you to pray for other people. Because now you're an intercessor. What is an intercessor? Intercessor means I identify with you because I can be moved by your weaknesses or your flaws, your shortcomings, your feelings. So an intercessor, you can't intercede for people you can't relate to. Right? Oh, I'm interceding for orphans. You never been an orphan? Not really that effective. But if you're an orphan, you know what they go through. So when you're an orphan, you're going to intercede at a different level because I'm not above what you feel, right? So there are things I can intercede for based on my life experience. You're a divorcee, you can pray for someone who's going through heartbreak, right? You're, you're uh, a single mother, you can pray for single mothers. I can't pray for a single mother like Jarrell Gang. I just can't do it, right? I can't pray for a big business owner like someone else can. I can't do it. I don't know what that feels like. But what, I, what, what has moved me, what has affected me, I can, I can intercede on behalf of. That doesn't mean I don't pray for those things at all. It means that I have a deeper compassion. I can be moved by this, right? But I want you to be aware that God has a plan to do it, to restore you to health and heal you of your wounds. You have to let God heal you. This ain't about faking it till you make it. This ain't about, you know, bleeding for the rest of your life and pretending like that blood wasn't you. Oh, that was, that was, I think that was real blood, not mine. You know, I'm, I'm good. No, no, no. This is where you open before the Lord and let God heal you of all your wounds. Well, you're not afraid, you're not afraid to identify with those failures, those shortcomings, those failings, those da, da, da. You let God minister to your heart because God wants to make you whole. One of the things the Bible says, it says, your faith has made you whole. What does that mean? It means when you believe in Jesus, you're on the pathways to wholeness. That could be a whole series in itself, pathways to wholeness. God wants you whole, but this is a journey. This is an instant. Tonight, I've given you seed. The Bible says one man plants, when you listen to it again, it's going to water. And what will God do? God will bring the increase. But the increase of this message today is that now you're going to believe God for emotional healing. This means if you go to therapy, you're going to allow whatever practices they practice to open you up. But you're going to know in your heart that the source of healing is the Lord. And you want to use what you learn about yourself in therapy to go before the Lord in prayer and allow God to heal you and make you whole, but only allow God to heal you and make you whole, you're going to be willing to walk out the process of going from faith to faith and glory to glory, which means that it won't be instant. It won't be overnight. You may get breakthrough, but you need follow through. Remember, anytime you get breakthrough without follow through, you lose breakthrough. So God will break you through and you lose it because you didn't follow through what you needed to. So tonight is breakthrough for a lot of people. And God didn't want me to stop the module because he wanted to talk to you about emotional healing. There are people under the sound of my voice who are brokenhearted. There are people under the sound of my voice who are wounded. There are people under the sound of my voice who are not at full health. What do you do? You fake it. You pretend. You wear your mask. You're like everything's okay. No, God needs you naked and unashamed. He said, who told you that you were naked? You got to stop letting people give you false labels, false identities, false, all these, all the false ideologies, all these different uh, vain philosophies about who you are. You have to realize you're a new creation in Christ that where old things have passed away and all things are new. 
And what the spirit of God wants to do is teach you how to walk in newness of life. God doesn't want you to identify anything with the old life. He wants you to fully identify with the new creation and walk as a new creation being on the face of the earth. But there are things that will be unpacked, unveiled, light shed upon. You have to be willing to go through the restoration process, the redemptive process that God will take you through, through faith and trust in him. And what's the end game? I'll restore you to health and I will heal you of all your wounds. And God wants us to be at a place, saints, where we're what? We're naked and we're not ashamed. Having nothing to hide, nothing to fear, no way to pretend. I'm authentic. I am what you see. I do what I say. Heart is pure. Hands are clean. My faith has made me whole. That's what God wants to do. So, saints, listen, I want to encourage you guys tonight to allow the Lord to do this. I want to say a prayer as well. I want to say a prayer that I believe will um start a process of healing for you guys um we definitely want to do that as well uh we're going to start a process going to do that i want to do something as well i may i may uh put this as a i may put this Sherell, as an individual teaching in the store as well i think there's a lot of people that need to hear this um we are able to edit we're able to edit uh videos right I think you can edit something on Zoom. Find out for me, Sherelle, because we are able to. What I want to do is I want to um, I want to edit the part out when I was talking about apostles and language and stuff for the public. But then we also can get into um, just go whenever I start talking about healing in general. Um, but I want to pray for people. I want to make you guys aware that Jesus, you know, Jehovah, um, the name of the Lord is Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord God who heals us, you know, and Jesus gives us access to the cure because Jesus is the cure and Jesus is the physician of our soul that wants to make us whole. Saints, if you know tonight that this was a breakthrough revelation for you, I want you guys to trade into this revelation. I don't know what it is about prayer last night or just today, but I feel God's fire so strong is that the Lord is really, really touching people. So what I want to do is let's pray. I'm going to pray. Um, so, Father, out of obedience to your word, Father, I release your word to your people. And Father, I ask tonight that your word will not return to you void. But I ask, O oh Lord, that your word will accomplish that which it was sent for. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this day, O oh God, that you will begin a healing process in each and every one of us. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we renounce bitterness, we renounce doubt, stress, unbelief, unforgiveness. Father, we renounce the bitterness, we renounce, oh God, depression, we renounce every, uh, we renounce hatred, we renounce, oh God, fear, we renounce every agent that would torment our souls. And Father, I pray even now that your fire, oh God, the fire of God will burn out everything in our soul that is not like you. Father, we acknowledge that we all, we need healing. Father, we acknowledge that we all, we need the ministry of your spirit. Father, we acknowledge, O oh Lord, that you are the one who will restore our wounds and make us whole. So, Father, we come boldly before your throne of grace in need of healing and restore, restoration of our soul tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask, O oh God, that everything in our soul will be worked out for our good. Father, your word says that you want us to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. And Father, I pray that tonight will mark the day that we begin to prosper in our soul. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind every hindering spirit. I bind every vexing spirit. I bind every spirit of oppression. I bind every um, dark force that will work in the souls of God's people. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I declare from this night forward, your your um, your tactics and your, your warfare and your strategy will no longer work. I declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against their soul shall prosper. And I declare that they will prosper and be in good health even as their soul prosper. Right now, I release God's anointing and I declare that everyone under the sound of my voice will no longer be in yoke, have a, uh, be in bondage to uh, psychological and emotional warfare. And I declare the name of Jesus that because of the anointing, every yoke is destroyed tonight. Every heavy burden is lifted. 
And I declare the name of Jesus that every um every every yoke is destroyed, every heavy burden is lifted, and every oppression is set free. I ask tonight, oh God, that this will be the acceptable year of the Lord. And I pray, Father, that tonight will be the night of Jubilee, where things from the past are canceled, that debts are wiped out. And Father, we come into extravagant favor from the Most High God. In Jesus' name, we declare these things to be so. I declare tonight that God has given us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And I declare tonight that we will take off the spirit of heaviness and replace it with the garment of praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So listen, we're going to stop right here. If this message blessed you, if you know it changed your life, make sure you guys trade or give into the message. For those new people, you'll know what trading means. It just means giving. Um, but it means that when you give into it, you're, um, it's causing like a breakthrough to manifest into your life. So I'll see you guys tomorrow on Manifesting Destiny. Um, check that out, Sherelle. Let me know. Um, I'm pretty sure you can. You can edit it. But I don't know if you edit it, you're able to keep both things. I would just hate for someone to get this. And then think that uh, you're talking about emotional healing. I'll start talking about all this different stuff that has nothing to do with them. So um, just let me know. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. You guys have a good night. Like I said, if it blessed you and it, if it was breakthrough, make sure you give into the message tonight. All right, everybody. See you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you are blessed by this episode of Empyrean and would like to connect further, be sure to follow me on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Darnell Craig. And be sure to visit my website, www.darnellcraig, for courses and digital products that will deepen your relationship with God.